Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today we have a little year-end treat for you all that comes with a free resource and we wanted to just go ahead and like do the resource ourselves you're going to be seeing this all over social media if you haven't already been seeing it, but it's like the idea of doing your top nine. We are going to do our Brave New Teaching top nine for the year 2021, which is a bit of a dumpster fire. I don't know. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I love my top nine. I actually did it uh, with students last year at like January, like right when we came back, we used yes. my top nine as a reflection and a like goal setting of like, what will my top nine of 2021 be? And I wish <laughs> I was there to have them look at it now because no, I know totally. Yeah. Like one did probably not go the way anyone had anticipated. Well, and what a fascinating, <laughs> like very small time capsule to be like, <laughs> yes, like Instagram versus reality. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just so excited to do this episode with you and to say, goodbye to 2021 for now and you know look forward um i also can't wait to make the graphic version of this episode with all the things that we're going to share so we're going to share our top nine blank so as a prompt you can use this with students as memories moments accomplishments uh books i mean you can fill in the blank however you want yeah and what we're gonna do and you'll hear in a minute is uh we're gonna actually parcel it out a little bit so that might give you some teaching ideas as well and the link to this resource is going to be in our show notes as always and if you're listening listening in your car or whatever just head to bravenewteaching.com and find the show notes for the top nine episode i think it's time to dive in you 
Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering if anyone will be able to guess some of our top nine. I'm so excited. Listen, listen to see if you're right. Absolutely. Yes. And then let us know if it was what you thought it was going to be. Let's cue the music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, friends. So to get us started with our top nine of 2021 from Brave New Teaching, we have, like I said in the intro, we've chunked it up a little bit. So we've got three that are like combined from the two of us, just fun things that we've done together through Brave New Teaching that are like our top three. The next three are going to be Amanda's top three and then my top three. And we even kind of parceled those three out, but we'll get to that in just a second. Okay, so to get us started, we are going to start with our top three, brave new teaching top three of the things that we've done together specifically. And these are all podcast related, actually. Amanda, do you want to do our first one? Because that was like all you. My gosh. So once upon a time, I had the luxury of going to a conference and meeting the one and only Jennifer Gonzalez. And it was about as awesome as you would have imagined. And I've been, I've had the opportunity to keep in touch with her over the years. And so finally we got in touch and said, you know, we'd love to come on your podcast and you know, when can we come in? And she said, I have an opening in a couple of weeks. You want to come over? So Marie and I said, uh, yeah. And so our episode, we, we sat down with Jay Gonzalez and did our episode with her about vision boards. It was not only was it fun, but it re- like kindled for me how much I love that exercise of like visioning out your unit. Cause we do so much talking on the podcast and so much talking in school. We just like, let's just be honest. We just talk like a lot. Yeah. yeah. I just talk. <laughs> and the vision of like, like the task of putting your vision to a place and creating a unit that way is so amazing. Well, and I love the feedback that she was giving us like in real time, in the moment while we were having our conversation, it was like, oh yeah, that's why we like this so much because, you know, like you were saying, we talk so much and we could like talk to each other and we get into an echo chamber of like, that's great. That's great. That's great. But like, she did not have to tell us that that was great. Like, and the questions, right. But, but, but it was no, (laughs) but like that was, yeah, that was absolutely, I would say that was a shining moment. And it was actually like relatively recently as well. Yeah. And well, we had so many amazing like listeners reach out because we asked for examples of listener created vision boards. And so many of you were like, I've got mine. I've got mine. I've got mine. And that was awesome. And then she showcased those on the blog post that you wrote that goes along with the episode. Yeah. So if you missed that episode, we will have it linked. Everything we're talking about today, we'll have linked in the show notes, but like, just so you know, there are some like fun things. The second, are you ready for number two? Yeah. Okay. So our second is an actual episode two and three are episodes of our podcast, but they are, uh, the second one is one of my favorite episodes that we've done, I think to date, which is an essential question workshop. Those are always my favorite for many reasons. I just like brainstorming with you, but then also they always benefit me because they're always from my class quite a bit. Yeah. But we did an essential question workshop for my current 12th grade lit course. 
And it's one that I'm like finishing up right now. And so I look back at those notes all the time that we took, that I took while we, while we were recording that podcast completely raw, just going through like what goals I had, what texts I wanted to look at, what were the themes, and then coming up with a whole trajectory for an entire course right then and there in the like 20, 30 minutes that we recorded the podcast. And it's fun. And it gives me so much energy. And like, I love doing those episodes. Well, I love that that kind of turned into, again, some more listener created experiences. Totally. After that, we were able to interview a couple of other actual listeners who had wanted an EQ workshop. And that's been really fun too. So just, you know, we pride ourselves so much on just being authentic with you as much as possible. And I think those are the most vulnerable episodes that we do. Yeah. Cause when we say that they're raw, we mean they are they're raw. Like we come with a couple of notes and then we just spitball and we say some dumb stuff and then we say some good stuff and then we sift it through. But we want you to know that that's okay too. Like, you know, people come to me and say, oh my gosh, Amanda, I need help with an essential question. And you know, all I really do is kind of coach teachers through the process, but it's messy and ugly and needs a lot of work. And then it needs real humans to try it out. So just come in. If you haven't listened to one of those episodes, start with this one that Marie's talking about. We've linked it in the show notes and just try your hand at it, you know, do it with your significant other at home, do it with your teacher friends at school and just start massaging the question till you get it where you want it to be. Well, and like, and it's also, even if it's not essential questions or anything like that, that you want to work on, but you just want to kind of figure out how to like collaborate in a way that is really open because that can be really hard. It's there. Those conversations are good examples of how to like throw things out there and respond and ask questions and like take the ball and run with it and other sports metaphors that I don't really understand, but I'm going to try and use. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number three. All right. You go for it. Well, in the year 2021, as we are reflecting, this was the first year that Marie and I brought to the world this concept of doing festivals, English teacher specific festivals in our content area. Because I don't know about you, but I've never been to a very niched down specific kind of PD. And so we experimented with the Shakespeare Teacher Festival, which by the way, is coming back. Yeah, next we're going to have 2.0. We're very excited about it. We are. And when we were planning Shakespeare, we didn't know that dystopia was coming yet. But in, in the planning of Shakespeare, you know, one of the episodes that we put together was a Shakespeare, why bother teaching the bard? You know, Marie and I kind of bonded over Shakespeare when we first met, which is so nerdy, like so <laughs> embarrassingly nerdy. But like, I think the other thing that we bonded over is that we don't take it too seriously, that we we find the fun and the enjoyment and the experience of Shakespeare in our classes. And so that episode where we really like lay out the case for Shakespeare, that was one of my favorite episodes this year. Oh, absolutely. And it like, it's another one that like coming back to it and looking back at my notes or looking back through show notes and listening through, I like re-listening to the episodes. It helps me remember as I'm looking forward in my own curriculum, like, yeah, you know what I do? Cause I start to get like, Oh, was that, was that hard? Was that as hard as I thought it was? And I'll, I'll start to get like negative Nancy about certain things and like going back and hearing my own energy. I'm like, Oh no, I freaking love that. No, that was, that was great. Yes. We did get a lot of it. Yes. It was hard, but it was also worth it. And here's why, and here are the like strategies and just getting back down to the why so that like, not just, I know it, but I can explain it when I'm actually up in front of real live humans is, um, never a bad idea to reestablish that. And that is, yeah. So those are our top three, our top three combined that we all love together. Yes. 
Absolutely. And Amanda is going to take it away with her. So first though, we decided that for our individual top three, we wanted to do a book, specifically a book that we would, that we read that was new to us this year that we want to bring into our classrooms, a resource that we are newly using and will I like have created and then a recipe because we're random like that. And we'd like to eat. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my top three of 2021, my top book, ladies and gentlemen will not be surprised to hear that it's a classic. And I, this always does surprise me when I say it out loud, because I don't feel like I'm a classics person. Like you're literally always the one who's saying this. But I, I, you know, and I think really this comes from, I'm not going to go on a diatribe here, but I've always taught kids who struggle. And I feel like I've always been challenged to not let them be left out of that experience. And I love finding a classic that I want to bring to a 10th grade class that struggles, you know, a, a ninth grade class that struggles. Like I want them to have that same experience. I don't want classic literature to be left only for honors classes, which is what's happening right now, because those themes like Hamlet, Macbeth, right? These things that we talk about with Shakespeare, the humanity is so visceral and so real for all kids. So my book is Frankenstein. I had never read Frankenstein. So I put out in my story a couple of like around Halloween if you could only teach one of these for like the rest of your time out of a gothic a lit of goth a list of gothic lit ones what would you pick and it was Jane Eyre Frankenstein and Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde mm-hmm. and the praise and admiration for Frankenstein that came from this post was incredible and I was like okay well I probably need to read it and so I, mean- I did well, and here's the thing with Frankenstein and I almost taught it. Well, I like half-ass had it in my class where like some kids were looking, it was a lit circle choice. And I, after the fact went, I really should have done it as a full class novel. And, and my, my enjoyment of Frankenstein was rekindled actually when I saw an episode of Drunk History. Have you ever watched Drunk History? No, no, I haven't. Okay. And it was about Mary Shelley and like how she wrote like the novel in like a debaucherous weekend or something. I mean, and she's just like, like a feminist for the ages and like started science fiction. Right. And that made me go, Oh, there's so much in this that I like never unpacked when I was younger and like first teaching, or even when I was in like lit courses in college. And so there was just like something about it that like rekindled it for me too. So I just think that it's so, I mean, of course we're like best friends and that's why we both like these novels, but like, I think it's so interesting that it came back to both of us. You also kind of got me going on this like monsters and villains thing too. Yeah. That, that got very like stuck in my brain. And I love Jane Eyre, but I kind of was looking for an alternative to Jane Eyre and Frankenstein is short. Yeah. The yeah. audiobook that I listened to was engaging and delightful and it can be done quickly. Yep. I mean, these are all, these are all like thumbs up good things for kids who struggle is that you're going to give them something hard, but for a very limited amount of time. And like the big picture makes sense. Like if you get stuck on a couple of Victorian phrases, I mean, sure. That's going to be annoying, but like when you zoom out and look at Frankenstein, it is black and white, like what we're going to discuss here and debate. And the biggest strategy I would say is to skip the letter at the beginning and just use portions of it. Is it letter sure. or letters? I can't remember now. There's letters. Uh, letters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's some, I feel very, Frank is I, and I've read a lot this year, more than normal. And that's, that's one that I think would be pretty amazing. 
Well, hello, brave new teachers. Pardon the interruption. I wanted to invite you all to a pretty cool opportunity. Some of you have already had this, and some of you have just heard us talk about it quite a bit. Amanda and I have a masterclass that is all about uh, designing and delivering formative assessments to students in ways that are really useful and purposeful and extremely equitable and inclusive in our classrooms. And so I wanted to make sure that you all have the opportunity to join us. It is our masterclass called Down With the Reading Quiz, Formative Assessments for a New Generation. And it is something that we put together, gosh, almost a year and a half ago, where we go through three different types of formative assessments that we use in our own classrooms that provide quite a bit of equitable and inclusive feedback for us and for our students about what students are actually really learning. We show you how to design and create and then implement and grade formative assessments that deal with students actually synthesizing information instead of regurgitating what they think you think they should know, but actually showing what they can synthesize. It also has different strategies for assessing analytical skills, and then another strategy or two for assessing student writing skills in a formative way, and all the while also assessing student understanding comprehension, whether that's reading or just understanding of a lesson. We give three different strategies for formative assessments. We absolutely love it. We have had hundreds of teachers come through this masterclass and say it is changing the way that they uh, approach assessment, formative assessment anyways, in their classrooms. And so we wanted to make sure that you knew about it. Uh, If you would like to register for free and actually watch it immediately, you can head to bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass or the show notes for this episode. Cannot wait to see you all there. Again, that is bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass. Join us for Down With The Reading Quiz and see the results in your classroom. Really change it all for the better. It is a true game changer. All right, back to the show. Okay, so then if I had to pick a resource, so Frankenstein, okay, nerd alert, fine. My resource for this year is one that I made and use in my classroom. And it has been this like amazing addition to the things that I already do. And it is digital choice boards. Yep. They're like so nice and so versatile. And I basically started making them to supplement my bell work because bell work gets like so repetitive. And you've been a choice board machine too. So like, I feel like once you started making them, you like got a good, I don't know, got into a flow and like, they're so good. Yeah. And they're, so they're really like right now, like the first round was kind of centered on these like national heritage months and Mm -hmm. like as a topic, but the real purpose of them is giving kids access to multiple voices and multiple types of text. So um, within one choice board, you could be watching a Ted talk, uh, watching a commercial, reading a poem, looking at a short story. It's like, there's just a lot of, again, like choice for me. I really like to keep contained, which I don't think defeats the purpose of choice. Like I, I just like, I like choice within boundaries. Well, no, it scaffolds it actually like quite the opposite. It scaffolds it and it makes it appropriate. Yeah. And it's also like, it's kind of like a, we've also talked a little bit here about like batch planning. Yeah. You know, I make one choice board. That's 25 lessons potentially, or 25 things I have already yeah. made. So it's like one Google form, 
Then the kids go pick something from the choice board. They respond to it and it's done. And it's done for me on a sub day. It's done for me mm-hmm. on a bell work day. It's done for me on a scary Sundays, Monday, uh, whatever. And so the versatility of that has been, was very, very helpful. And then it just felt like I was able to get access to the voices that sometimes I don't get to with the curriculum that I was forced to use. Sure. And it gives you that like done early. What do I do? Or, or an intro. I mean, you, there's so much flexibility, not just for them, but for you that's like built in. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And like I said, like you've been a machine of pumping them out where I feel like it's one of those things. Once you go down the rabbit hole of like finding different resources, you just find more and you find more and you find more and you find more. And they, and you're just like really good at it. So there's that. It's fun. You know, supplemental texts. I didn't realize it was hard for other people to find supplemental texts, but the more I talk to people that I'm coaching and people on the podcast that we've, that reach out, yeah. people really struggle with finding supplementals. I mean, I've, I've been there where I just don't even know where to start. And then I get overwhelmed by the possibilities. And, and so then your choice boards become a place of like, again, finite possibility. Well, just this morning. Right. You, you called me yep. like, oh my gosh, I need a short story for world lit, blah, blah, blah. And I, and we were there, like we were there. Yeah. And there it was because, well, cause oh, I was so in it. It's not that I don't know stories. It's that I was right. like You're too down fine. to the wire and I was, I couldn't see where I needed to go. And yep. yeah. And that's where something like that resource is really good. Okay. Talk to me about a recipe. Okay. Let's go. So I did. Friends on Instagram. I want to make sure I get her name correct. <laughs> their name correct because this is an Instagram food group. They're called the sisters or cousins. I can't remember. Do you follow food dolls? No, but I will now. Oh my gosh. Okay, it is food F O O D. Okay, wait. No, I'm e- literally gonna put it. Hold on. Our our listeners is, are going to okay. This wait is for me to search it. Food, food dolls. Dolls. Okay, so these are. I believe, oh, yeah, oh, duh, it says right there, sisters, Egyptian American sisters based in Minnesota. Oh. And they have an ebook, but all of their recipes are mostly like one pot, one pan, one dish types of recipes. I love the Egyptian side of what they bring. Like they bring like a Mediterranean, Egyptian, Yum. Asian flair. Oh my God, I'm getting have, so like, hungry, Amanda. I'm looking through this feed. Okay, everybody, if you are pausing us to look at the feed. Just like, don't do it when you're about to go to the grocery store. I just made some of their recipes. I made a couple over the summer and a couple around the like Thanksgiving time. Oh my gosh. They're a lifesaver. If you are the kind of person that loves to like cook it and forget it. Ooh. Cause she like, uh, they're like pasta bakes or, um, well, and it sounds like things you can do after school. Yep. Yes, exactly. And, and like a lot of the recipes take like maybe an hour in the oven and then you toss it and then you eat it. A lot of them are noodle based, which is like, that's yes, please. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank Carbs, you very much. Please. I thank just so did much. their macaroni and cheese. They have like three or four macaroni and cheese recipes, but I did the mac and cheese for my kids It is not craft macaroni and cheese. It is real cheese with, <laughs> with real noodles <laughs> and real milk. Well, now you're and just talking crazy. <laughs> They ate it and liked it very okay. much. So, um, it was fun. They have other more adventurous things too that are delicious and but just not intimidating. Their real videos of making each recipe are just so simple that you're like, oh, I can't screw this up. And you kind of can't. So you've just opened up an entire like world of possibilities for me because I was just having issues with how like just, I don't know, stale. Some of my like rotation is getting for dinner. Like I look at stuff and I'm like, or I could just have cereal. Like I was getting really me. 
dude, that's what I'm here for. I mean, I'm pretty proud. like she has a croissant recipe, Marie, <sighs> that like you buy the store-bought croissants, but like she cuts them in half and stuffs them and tops them. Done. And it's a breakfast. I'm going to try to find out what it's called. Okay. It's, oh my gosh. Oh, here it is. Um, they are apple crisp croissant French toast. That's okay. what she calls it. Oh, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm getting very, you, basically just make the, you make the filling and then you let it go. So there you go. Food dolls. Okay. They're amazing. And if they have a book, I will buy it. I don't really love eBooks that much. No, they bug me. I like want to like them. And then I realize I don't like them, but I really Especially like, for, like their videos. Yeah. So I, I like that. Yeah. I just kind of use so. Pinterest as a whole, as an entire e cookbook. Yeah. It's too much. It's a little too much for me. I kind of like picking one person and no, and I get that. I get that. Definitely. So that's where I'm at. Those are my top three Frankenstein digital choice boards, food dolls. Okay. It's are you your ready turn. For mine? Yes. Yes. So I have talked about this book before. I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast. My book is The Marrow Thieves by uh-huh. Sherry Dimeline. And I ate this book alive. Like I loved this book. And I've actually already incorporated it into my classroom. And I'm working on getting it adopted in our district because it's got indigenous American voices and a perspective from, I mean, technically she's Canadian, so I am bringing it into American lit, but it's like North American lit. And I've already incorporated it. Like I said, I mean, the whole premise, basically, if you are not familiar with the Marrow Thieves, the premise is that, I mean, it's a dystopia. It's somewhat distant future North America and the general population, the majority have lost the ability to dream and they have narrowed it down to the ability to dream is tied to the earth. And so the people who are most connected to the earth still have the ability to dream and, and it's in their bone marrow. And so then basically people are harvested for bone marrow. Well, and it's like, you've taken everything away from us and now also this. And now also our physical autonomy, because you're going to be harvesting us for marrow so that you can dream. And so we're doing it in a whole like unit on technology, its effects on humanity and students have already started reading it and they are hooked and I was hooked and it's, it's not a light read. It's definitely dark. It's definitely got some stuff to it, but I, it's just good. And it's shorter where my high schoolers like general ed and like my collaborative students with IEPs and 504s, different accommodations that we're making are able to access it. And it's just good. Like, it's just really good. So that's my book. You've read it, right? Yes, no, you yes, haven't. Yes, 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 you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I listened. I listened to that one, and I also love that it's kind of like it doesn't take itself too seriously the whole time. Like there's the it's love sweet too. Yes, it's, it's sweet cheeky. and it's human and it's yes and it's like the kid is kind of an a hole sometimes because it's that's how human boy. Be- human yeah. beings are exactly and like that's but then it's also like grappling with really heavy stuff yes. just like kids are. But then, and then it's also got the dystopia and then, you know, how we like a good sto- dystopia here at uh, Brave New Teaching. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the Marrow Thieves. High and five. I'm working on incorporating that more and more and more. A resource I actually just came up with yesterday, 10 minutes before class started. Used it. Love it. By the time this podcast airs, I will actually... So you'll be able to head to the show notes and I'll have something there for you. Probably a video of me explaining what I did. But I, I took the idea of learning stations to introduce a unit because we came back from the Thanksgiving break yesterday in class from at the time that I'm recording this. And we were starting new units. And I was like, okay, stations. And I had them ready to go. And then I was like, 
I think my kids are getting kind of sick of stations because we have nine week quarters. So if I do three units or even two units in a nine week quarter, they're doing a lot of stations. Like they're just doing a lot and they get it's, you know, any good strategy can become quickly not as great over (laughs) when you overkill it. And so I went, well, I do want them to get little tastes of things. I want them to do little activities. I want them to get to know smaller pieces of the concepts that we're talking about in each of these units, but I don't want them to have to do the stations that I'm doing. So I went, ah, perfect. DIY stations. They are going to be coming up with their own station activities, finding their own resources, and then doing the stations of another group. So students are in book club groups in both of my classes. And it was very simple. Mind you, this is for 11th and 12th grade. So like there was not as much scaffolding as I would have put for a 10th or 9th grade. Like I I would have had choices of texts. And and I just said, wild, wild west. Here are the concepts that we're looking at. Here's our essential question. Here are examples of stations you have done in my class before. They need to take between eight to 10 minutes. Uh, You need to have something for students to do that like is accountability. Like, what do you want them to physically write on their paper? What do you want them to do with the resources? You'd have three stations that your group is creating and they need to include this type of a text, this type of a text, and this type of a text somewhere within those three stations. And like, love it. they did great. And then they're going to do each other's stations later this week. Once we're already like, so they've already come in contact with a few resources had to talk to each other about how they're going to deal with these resources relating to the concepts. So like check the boxes of the point of the stations in the first place. And then they're going to do somebody else's stations and get a little bit deeper in once they've already started reading their books. And we've started talking about the concepts of the class. So amazing. Yeah. And it was like just in a moment of desperation and like coming back from a long break and knowing that we needed something that wasn't totally overkill, but that they already had an understanding of. Right. So it wasn't like something brand new that I had to train them on. Nailed it. Nailed it. And then my recipe. I've started on Sundays cooking like a good dinner. Like, like that's the day that I'll cook. I'll cook like some sort of a chicken dinner or some, something like that on Sundays. Once I have everything prepped for the week, it's just kind of, I like listen to a podcast while my kids are like, I don't know, doing something. <laughs> and like, like the household is kind of getting things ready and we're settling down and I will cook like a legit dinner. And one of my favorite ones right now is a French mustard chicken which I will link in the show notes and it's chicken thighs. And I do them no mm-hmm. like boneless and skinless. And I love it. And it's, it sounds really fancy because there's like two or three different types of mustard in it because it's oh. moutarde, like it is French mustard chicken, but it's so simple. Like there's only a couple of steps where I mix up a little rub, put it on the chicken thighs and then sear them. And then take them out, set them to the side. And this is all happening in a Dutch oven. Like it's all one pot. It's that there are a couple of extra little things that happen. Like put in some of the other stuff, some veggies, put the chicken back in, bake it for a while, eat it. My kids love it. It's a sophisticated palate, but it's not too strong. And I'm like getting really into the recipe right now, but you had me at mustard. I know I did. I know I did. And it's just, um, and you know, it's, 
it's one of those things. It's less this actual recipe. I mean, this actual recipe is my favorite I've been making for a while, but it's more just the act of getting back into cooking, which is something, I mean, I've talked about baking on the podcast, but like cooking and getting more creative. And like, now that my kids are getting a little older and starting to like try new things, kind of getting adventurous with their palate, but like also being able to amend things so that the kids will actually eat it. And I just like it. That's my top three. That sounds so like, I can, I bet your house just feels warm and cozy and yummy, smelly all day Yeah, on Sunday, on yeah. Sunday. No, it's wonderful. I'm yeah. sure on Monday it smells like a dumpster fire because I hope so. Cause otherwise you are, oh, yeah. you are definitely more perfect than well, no one's home on Monday. So it's actually okay. On whatever is out of the house, it's empty house and it's totally it. fine. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, listener friends, I mean, this gives you an idea of what you can do. Like you could have a group come together and do a top nine. You can have students chunk up their top nine. You can do top nines for a character, for character analysis. You could do a text top nine. I mean, there's so many cool things that you could do to bring this like social trend into a classroom and make it truly contextualized, like some of your content and or just like reflective or like all of the things that we like. Yes. And if you're finally at the end of this episode and you're kind of like, I am afraid to ask, but I don't actually know why it's nine. The reason it's the top nine (laughs) is because on Instagram, that is how like you can fit three boxes across and like, it's a three grid box. So three across, three across, three across. Yeah. You have nine images. So like what Instagram will do or like the mytop9.com people will do is they'll like algorithm find out like which were your top nine posts of the year. Um, oh, yeah, I guess we should have explained that. Most. We probably should have explained that in the intro. We just kind of well, went for it. It's, so it's, it's really like the product is visual, which yeah. is kind of cool. And like with, when you have it, your kids do it, of course, like you're going to want them to on the backside or on the next slide provide reasoning, defense, explanation for all of the, all nine, a handful of them, whatever you want. So always you can incorporate writing into this activity as well. And it can be discussion and it can be ongoing. And there's so many different things. Yeah. So like we said before, head to the show notes. If you want to get your hands on this, Amanda has a great resource that she has resources. She has a great resource that she has created. Uh, My top nine are when I learned how to speak clearly in my native. Hello. Hello. And we love it. And I'm excited to use it with my students when we get back from the winter break as a, cause I mean, if you guys listen to our last couple episodes, like I have a weird week and a half before finals. So it'll be a good bridge the gap. It's a great opener to class, et cetera. And do I skip last week's episode? You need to go listen to it right now because I am going to hold you to it. You better have your first week of January planned before you go home. I am shaking my finger at you right now. You guys can't see it, but well, and here's an idea. This can bridge a few different days. Absolutely. So at least that first day, please. I do not want to see you on Facebook or Instagram. I don't know what to do tomorrow. I have the Sunday scaries. No, no top nine. Do your top nine, do it in chunks too. do three of this, three of this, three of this. Boom. Have them talk about it. Listen to our discussion series. We've got it all figured out, everybody. We just need a couple of crowns and some capes, and we will be superhero queens of the world. We've got it all figured out. Yes. We're done. I do look good in a tiara. I'm a headband kind of girl. So, Mm, yes, I, it depends on how my bangs are looking that day, but I can do, I can rock a tiara. We're ready. Ladies, gentlemen, teachers, this is the end, right? Thank you for being here with us in our second year of Brave New Teaching. We are so excited for what we have coming 
2022. We cannot wait. We have lots of fun stuff planned. I know we've said this before, but we make good on our promises. We've got a whole new Shakespeare festival coming in the spring of 2022, which we are fiercely working on right now. And we cannot wait to share it with you all. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you have a wonderful and restful break at the end of this year. And we can't wait to come back next year. Fresh. Let's do it. Yeah. Fresh. You're going to get two. We're going to, we're going to share with you a couple of reruns, probably these two that we share with you right now. Maybe we'll share our EQ workshop and our Shakespeare episode with you in the next two weeks as reruns. And then we'll be back with a fresh episode the first week of January. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.